Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is overcoming pressure. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Welcome everyone, my name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. What I want to do today is to speak in a very precise way to see if my words might not call you back, call you back to what you lost or began to lose a long time ago when you were a little child. Once upon a time, life was sweet, and every day was a day of adventure. You looked forward to all the wonderful things to discover and learn, and it was beautiful, but something went wrong. Something went wrong, and as the years went by, slowly but surely, and for some it happens faster than others, depending on how traumatized they are, but slowly but surely, the world got to you. People got to you. Their pressure. You wondered, for example, why your parents pressured you pressured you to be good, to, to do this, to do this better, to do this faster, to not do this, not do that, don't do this. Pressure, pressure, pressure. And when you went to school, there was pressure, drug pressure, peer pressure, performance pressure, grade pressure, drug pressure, all kinds of pressure, and bullies on the schoolyard, pressure. And then there was tease relentless tease from other students. There was tease, and from authorities there was challenge to do more, to do better, to get better grades, to be smarter, to run faster. Always there was pressure. And for a while, it didn't bother you. You kind of, you kind of liked little challenges, and you like to get approval, and to have someone tell you you did a good job or to get a good grade. You like that sort of thing. But as time went by, what happened was the pressure got inside of you. Now, it's one thing when the pressure's on the outside, but when it gets inside, then it starts to pressure you from inside. And then it pressures you from inside and drives you then later to do things that you didn't really want to do. Like when you become a parent, you find yourself yelling and yelling and screaming at your kids just the way you were yelled and screamed at. Or if you were a child and someone did something awful to you, then sometimes as an adult, you find yourself with something in you that wants to do that to someone else. If someone stole from you, you want to steal from someone else. Sometimes you find that in you. Something gets inside, some kind of pressure compulsions inside, something that tells you that you have to touch the doorknob or you have to turn around ten times or you have to hold your breath or you have to pull on your ear or you have to do something. And if you don't do it, something terrible is going to happen. Pressure. Do you understand that pressure gets inside? And once it's inside, it drives you, drives you and torments you. And sometimes you don't want to do what it's telling you to do. So you Try to repress it and suppress it. 
You don't want to pass on to others. You don't want to do to others what was done to you. If they did something to you, then suddenly there's the pressure in you wanting you to to do it to them. But first, first, the pressure in you begins to draw you back to the same circumstances, to the same drugs, the same place, the same thing that you saw on the internet, the same kind of a person who did something to you or who shocked you. It draws you back. You go back to it over and over. And now instead of being a bizarre shock, it becomes a bizarre comfort. And then it draws you back because it, the pressure, wants to reinforce itself. It wants, its life is in that moment of shock. When you were shocked, when you were traumatized, it got inside. And I want you to see the principle that it applies across the board to all kinds of things. Everything from someone screaming at you and upsetting you and then suggesting that you're no good or that you're stupid or something, and then that that gets inside. Do you understand? To somebody violating you, it gets inside. To someone stealing from you, it gets inside. To someone pressuring you to do better at school and perform more, it gets inside. And then it pressures you. And then it takes you back over and over again to the same environment, the same locker room, the same internet site, the same drug, and it also wants to express itself, and it wants to receive its fulfillment. See, in that moment of shock, it got inside, and its fulfillment then, do you you understand that when it is inside, then its fulfillment is more of the same? That's how it reinforces itself. That's how it, it lives. And then it lives through you. And you think it's your own desire, your own wants. You you feel guilty for it. You try to hide it or you try to protect it. But it's not really you. That's the thing you must see. It's not really you. It's something else. Now, do you understand what Paul meant when he said, the good that I would do, I don't do. And the bad that I don't want to do, I do. And then he said, I have to come to the inescapable conclusion that it's the sin that made a home in me that is driving me to what I don't want to do. Do you understand? So now what to do about it? Well, the answer, Christ had the answer. He is the answer. More than just his words, more than his good teachings, more than knowing about him and liking what he says, more than that, he is the answer. We'll continue with this important topic in just a moment. But first, please, this little announcement. I'm a man with a microphone, so people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person, and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. Christ had the answer. He is the answer. More than just his words. He is the answer. So, let's talk about his words. Because his words may lead you to him. His love may lead you to him. Your suffering may even lead you to him. Your suffering makes you cry out. Cry out to your creator who sent the Christ. 
Do you see? Do you understand now when it says in the Bible, all who sin are slaves? Do you understand that? Christ said that. He said, whoever sins is a slave of sin. Do you understand that? You understand why everywhere you look, people are enslaved, enslaved to their drugs, to their work, to their food problems, to their issues, to their bills, to their treatments, enslaved to some low opinion of themselves or enslaved to always failing or always having to make money, enslaved. How is that? You look at whole people, whole countries are enslaved. How does that happen? Well, it's because of sin. Sin that makes a home in people who then turn around and enslave others even as they are enslaved. So do you understand now the temptation in someone? That's what it is that tempts you to judge them, that tempts you to hate them, or that tempts you to to be jealous of them, or something. It tempts you. And when you respond, when you react with excitement, with umbrage, with upset, with anger, with judgment, when you react, do you see? Then it gets inside. So now, what is the answer? Well, Christ is the answer, but he also gave us some very good clues. And one thing that he tells us to do is to forgive others. And how do you do that? By letting go of resentment. Letting go of your resentment. That's your that's the response to the pressure sources that keeps you, the main response that keeps you chained to them. It's resentment. Every time you see someone like the dad you hated or the mom you hated or your older brother who was cruel to you, who you hated, or your sister who teased you, who you hated, or some person in class that was handsomer than you or prettier than you that you hated, or someone who teased you at school, or a teacher who had teacher's pets and and was nice to them and hated you, or the teacher who was nice to you, and who you came to worship and to admire and want to be like, and you wanted to take on their life, and then when you took on their life, you saw that it wasn't. It wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. You see all that. The coach that exhorted you to, to try harder and run faster and do more for the coach and more for the team, you later find out he's a betrayer. He betrayed you. You give your life. You give her life. And in return, what do you get? A pat on, a little pat on the back. But that's how they live, see? The temptation in him tempted you, and they live off of that. The entertainers who prance across the stage, they live off of you. The temptation got into them somehow through some shock, or even the shock of, of seeing someone who, who they resented, who was successful. And they were resentful that they weren't, and they wanted to be more than anything in the world. They wanted to be like that person. Well, that's a shock, too. It takes you away from what you could have been, what God intended for you to be from your own life. It takes you away from that. And so there you are. And so they prance around on the stage, and they tempt you to become excited, to scream, and to worship them. Ah, yes and to be emotional, and to give up your life. They take your life. They imbibe your life. And they take your money. That's right. And so all the entertainers who, with their music and their drugs and the things that they do, they take your life. The people who are so clever with their gossip, the people who, who ginger you up to be filled with hate towards someone else, 
They take your life. They live off of you. The temptation in them, but I want you to see that it's the temptation in them that, that is driving them. It's not even them. It's what is in them. It's the sin that made a home in them. So now, seeing that, and seeing your own self, how you do things you don't want to do, and say things you don't really want to say, and keep going back to things that you really know you shouldn't go back to. Now that you see what precious little control you have over yourself, all you can do is repress and hide, and then eventually give in. That's the same thing that happened to them. So it's, it is it in them that is tormenting them and driving them to tempt you. And then your response is what gives them life. You give your life to them by that response. So now do you understand what you must do? Stand back. Get the free meditation that I have that helps you to stand back. See all of this. See it. Let your resentment go. Don't hate them anymore. They can't help themselves. Remember Christ said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They can't help themselves. They can't stop themselves. So don't hate them. And if you let go of your hate, that's the number one thing that will begin to free you up, free you to receive grace from Christ. One of the most important things in your spiritual recovery program is a proper meditation. We have one, and it's totally free. To obtain your free meditation, go to SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us to get your free meditation. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you too can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Welcome back. We're talking today about how the outside gets on the inside. And you know that's true. And it, it's at every level. But I want you to see that not only is it, is it at little levels, like when someone says something and you can't forget, forget it or when you see something and you can't forget it, or when someone makes a remark and it continues to irritate you, or when you wake up in the night and suddenly remember some work that you have to do at the office and start thinking about it. You see how the outside gets on the inside? Or how about when you, when you lay down in bed at night and you want to go to sleep and in your mind whirling and whirling and whirling are all the things that happened during the day replayed over and over again? Or how about if you have a big argument with your spouse and then... You walk around or drive around and your mind is constantly on that. Why did she say this? What did she mean by that? I should have said this. I'm going to do that. See, it gets on the inside. The outside gets on the inside. Do you understand? So you have to make a way that that doesn't happen. Where you can go through life without life going through you. 
I'm sure some of you who, who watch athletics or participate in athletics, you, you understand when an athlete talks about trying to get in another athlete's head. He's trying to get in his head, but that's what happens to, to all of us until we learn better, until we learn the secret to keep it on the outside. See, the outside gets on the inside. But what I want you to also see is that I've talked about some little examples which are troubling enough. But then how about suggestions that get inside? When you're a little child, you're told that you're dumb or you're stupid or you're clumsy or you're not as clever as your brother, your brother's smarter than you are. See, things like that. Or other kids tease you about the way you look or something. And it, if it gets inside, then it can haunt you. It can haunt you. Or how about when you're a little kid and then you try to do something and it goes wrong? I don't know, you try to make something and you drop it on the floor and break it and everything and then people yell at you and then later in life, when you have to make something, all of a sudden your hands become sweaty and your heart starts to pound and you become super nervous and you're afraid that it's going to happen again and you're so nervous and so afraid and so tense that it just might. And then when it happens, then you say, that confirms it, I am clumsy or something. You see how that works? It's like a self-hypnosis type of thing. The outside gets on the inside. So, how do you stop that from happening? We have to find a way to seal the outside out. Seal it out so that things go in one ear and out the other. Don't phase you a bit. A long time ago, there was a, there was a cartoon. I'm sure it's way before most of your time, but I'll just tell you, what it was, it was called Mr. Magoo was a nice man and his vision wasn't so good. He couldn't see very well. So he would go around and things were terrible things were happening around him. And he didn't even he didn't even know. He just walked right through it. He could walk right through the worst neighborhood and all this stuff's going on. He just walks through, but he was so innocent. And I guess he was protected by that innocence. Nothing happened. Do you remember when you were a little child and you were playing maybe with something or drawing something and there was something going on like your parents were fighting or they were talking oh the bills and what are we going to do now I got this bill here and uh, they're going to have layoffs at work and oh with layoffs at work that's terrible how are we going to make ends meet and blah 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 and they're going on and on and on and on and on and on it doesn't even bother you it doesn't bother you at all so you have to find a way to go through life where things don't bother you yes you take note of them and if they're relevant and if it's part of your job to take care of them, if you're a parent, for example, then you notice things, you take proper note of them, and then you act if, if needed or as needed, of course. But you do so without anger. Can you see the difference between doing something because it needs to be done, so you just do it, or doing it with anger, or doing it with resentment? See, if you do it with resentment, if your child comes to you and says, Mommy, I accidentally spilled you know, my chocolate milk all over the carpet in my bedroom. And you say, well, all right, let's go clean it up. And you clean it up. And your daughter says, you know, I'm sorry, Mommy. It's all right. It won't happen again, Mommy. I, I, I put it on the edge of the table like you told me not to do and I accidentally knocked it off. Well, okay, I'm glad you can. I'm glad you see not to do that anymore. And you clean it up. It's so simple. And then after that, will you have a headache? No. Will you have a tummy ache? No. Will you be guilty? No. But if you become resentful. If you become angry, if you say something mean to your daughter, if you say to yourself, I knew that was going to happen, I just knew it, any of those things will cause the outside to get on the inside. So you're your own worst enemy. What you could have done with sweetness, with grace, your child would have loved you. What you, what you could have handled with poise and wisdom, 
No. Why? Because you became angry. You became resentful. So now do you see one of the things that lets the outside in? It's anger and resentment. And then in the first part of this program, I talked about shock and how shock lets things in. Now, when you were a little child, you couldn't help being shocked by the cruelty of the meanness, by the resentment in your dad's face or the anger in your mom's face or the mean look on some other kid's face. Yeah, so it shocked you, but it got inside. So now you're not a little child anymore. Now you're a big adult. You must learn spiritual discipline. And the spiritual discipline is very simple. Christ told us about it. He was the great model. He was, he was the great, the first one to show the way. It says in the Bible that love is the fulfillment of the law. I can't remember who said it. Was it Christ? Was it Paul? Love is the fulfillment of the, of the law. You understand if you're made perfect in love, that you won't become angry. You won't become resentful. You won't get your feelings hurt. You won't resent someone. You will simply notice things and go about your business. And you will set a beautiful example. Christ was and is our captain. He is our teacher. He is our captain. He's our leader. Follow him. Remember, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So, can you forgive your daughter for knocking the chocolate milk off the table? Well, that would be good if you could learn to not resent. Do you understand that's the same as, as expressing love? Now, how is that so? It's because Christ restrains us. That's right. When you begin to see the error of your ways and you begin to have a change of heart about all your angers and your resentments and puffing up like a, like a cobra, puffing up in judgment and contempt and anger toward other people, when you start to let all of that go, when you see that it's not good, when you let it go, and when you learn to stand back. See, now, see, the thing is, remember I said how everything gets on the inside. I talked about how every little thing gets on the inside. Then you lay in bed at night and you can't sleep because it's all in there going round and round and round. But if it didn't get on the inside, can you see that you could lay down and sleep? The innocent sleep of, of a babe. Wake up in the morning fresh with no baggage from the past. You see? But right now, a lot has gotten inside, hasn't it? We talked about that in the first half of this program. A lot has gotten inside. Millions of memories. And also the temptation that tempted you to resent, that tempted you to hate, that tempted you to be jealous. It got inside too. So now all of that inside is tempting you from within, driving you from within, and going round and round, over and over from within, do you understand? So you need to be, you must learn how to stand back and observe it without reacting to it. It's, it's bad enough to react to something on the outside and then it gets on the inside, but then you react to it on the inside. And then you have a sec secondary feelings of resentment and you begin to lose hope, begin to despair and begin to become depressed. All of these fall on the heels of, of reacting to the outside, letting it get in and then struggling with it on the inside and resenting it on the inside. Now you must learn how to stand back. Go through the world and don't resent people on the outside. 
Don't become angry at people on the outside. See them make mistakes, yes, but just don't resent them. Don't hate them. Do you understand the difference between judgment and discernment? Discern error, but don't resent the person. And besides, how many times have you judged someone and it turns out you were wrong? You thought they they had offended you or something, and it turns out they hadn't. So just let go of your imperfect judgments. And then learn to stand back from this, what, what already is inside and observe it without reacting to it. That's what the meditation helps you to do. And then you know what? Then when you are no longer immersed in that world of temptation and reaction and emotion, then you stand back and you want to stand back and you don't want to hate and you don't want to resent your partner or anyone. And you don't want to be impatient with your child. You really and truly don't. You see that you can't stop yourself. But Christ can restrain you. He sends his light. He sends his light and it restrains you. And then when people make a mistake or they're out of order or they get mad at you and say something they shouldn't, then they see in your eyes. What do they see? They see not hate. They see not resentment. They see not judgment. They see innocence and what shines through that innocence. They see that something is restraining you. They see something is there, a power, a love that they may have never seen before and it touches them profoundly. So get the little meditation. Would you please get started on your spiritual recovery program? It could do you a world of good. Are you interested in improving your relationship with your partner? Or how about improving your relationship with your kids if communication is not so good? Okay, and then how about getting rid of hurt feelings and misunderstandings and so on? Well, then you really ought to read one of my books about relationships and about marriage. And one of the ones that I don't talk about a lot, I should talk about more, is my book called Putting the Forever Back in Love. Oh, what a wonderful book. It's, it's over 300 pages, Putting the Forever Back in Love. I talk about how to improve your relationship, what to do if your wife asks you to leave, how to forgive and forget, okay? How to stay married for a long time and live happily ever after, how to develop character and learn to bear suffering and grow from it, okay? And how to have understanding when you deal with other people, okay? And how not to judge your husband so much and how not to resent your wife. Well, may I recommend you get Putting the Forever Back in Love. Just visit SheddingShackles.com or TalkToAPastor.org and you can preview it for free. It's also on Amazon. Putting the Forever Back in Love. I think you'll really enjoy it. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.